welcome to How I Work, a show about the tactics used by leading innovators to get so much out of their day. I'm your host, Dr. Amantha Imba. I'm an organisational psychologist, the founder of innovation consultancy Inventium, and I'm obsessed with finding ways to optimise my workday. This episode is another My Favourite Tip episode. The title's probably pretty self-explanatory. It's about my favourite tip from each of the interviews I conduct. So my guest today is Nir Eyal. Nir is an international best-selling author, former Stanford lecturer, successful tech investor and behavioural design expert. Five years ago, Nir wrote what is widely considered to be Silicon Valley's handbook for making technology habit-forming, a book called Hooked. More recently, he released his latest book, Indistractable, which reveals the hidden psychology driving us to distraction. He describes why solving the problem is not as simple as swearing off our devices. In fact, Nia claims that abstinence is impractical and often makes us want more. So in this extract of my chat with Nia, we talk about the strategies that Nia has personally found most valuable in his own life for becoming indistractable. So when it comes to internal triggers, uh, you know, writing for me is really hard work. Uh, it's never been effortless. <laughs> uh, it takes a lot of time, a lot of concentration, and it's full of internal triggers. Uh, boredom, uncertainty, fear, fatigue, lots of internal triggers I seek to escape. And what's so pernicious about it is that, you know, distraction tricks you. So in the middle of writing, uh, I'll get this idea, oh, you know what, I should probably check email real quick, because that's productive. That's kind of worky, isn't it? Well, it's a distraction, even though it feels worky, it's a distraction, because that's not what I plan to do with my time. I plan to write. So I use a few techniques. One of them is called surfing the urge, which is just when you, when you note, the, the first step is to note the sensation. Okay, so you tell yourself, okay, I'm feeling anxious right now. I'm feeling fearful about, is this essay gonna be any good? Is anybody gonna wanna read it? Uh, this is boring, whatever the sensation might be. You write that sensation down, and I, I give people this tool uh, that they can download on my website. I'll give you the, the link for the show notes uh, for a distraction tracker, where you simply note that sensation. It's incredibly empowering just to write down what you felt, and don't, don't explore it with contempt. A lot of people will jump, as I used to, to beating themselves up. Oh, you see, I have a, an addictive personality, or you see, I, I can't, a short attention span, or whatever the case might be. Instead, what we want to do is to explore it with curiosity, not contempt. And what we find is that when we surf the urge, kind of like a surfer on a surfboard, we find that our emotions are like waves. They just kind of rise, they crest, and then they subside. And if we can allow ourselves to be curious about that sensation, as opposed to trying to uh, resist it with abstinence, and in fact, it's been shown that abstinence leads to rumination, which can actually make the problem worse, we can simply affect, uh, 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 accept that sensation and allow it to wash over us. So that surfing the urge technique is what I use every day. When it comes to make time for traction, uh, that's a technique I, I use. I couldn't, I couldn't function without it. Uh, you know, the, the key principle here being that we have no right to call something a distraction unless we know what it distracted us from. So everything is in my calendar, my values. If you looked at my calendar, you would know what my values are, not just what I say they are. This is how I used to be. If you said to me, okay, what are your, you know, what do you value in life? Oh, my kids, my friends, my family, my health. But I didn't make time for those things in my calendar. So, of course, they didn't get the attention and time they deserved. And I allowed time for all kinds of stupid distractions that weren't aligned with my values. So I make time for traction every single day, uh, the things that, you know, the, the values in my life. 
then I, I hack back the external triggers, the, the, the third step. So this involves, you know, uh, not only my uh, phone and computer, you know, all the digital distractions, the potential distractions, but also in my environment. So right now, uh, what I planned to do was to speak to you. So that means that I have a sign on my door that says that uh, I'm not to be disturbed in my little home office. Uh, I have a tool that's as part of the, of the book. Uh, actually, every hard copy comes with what, what I call a screen sign. It's a piece of cardstock that you pull out of the book, you fold into thirds, and you put it on your computer monitor. Because it turns out that one of the most common forms of distraction is uh, the coworker, right? A colleague coming by and saying, hey, check out this, this bit of office gossip I got to tell you about. That is itself a, a very common source of distraction. So this simple screen sign says to your colleagues, I'm indistractable, please come back later. So that's a way of hacking back these external triggers that don't serve us. And then finally, the last step, uh, when it comes to preventing distraction with PACT, this is all about keeping out those distractions, our, I'm sorry, keeping ourselves in so that we don't do something we don't want to do with some kind of pre-commitment device. So an app I use every day uh, is called Forest. It's a free app. Uh, it's on my iPhone. And you. this is how it works. Simply, you, you open this app. You put in how much time you want to do focused work for, and a little virtual tree is planted, right? So the entire screen is taken up by this little virtual tree. If you pick up the phone and try and do anything with it, the virtual tree dies. <laughs> That's a stupid little virtual tree. Who cares, right? But it's enough of a reminder that you've made a pre-commitment, that you've made a pact with yourself. And it reminds you that, that, that using the phone for some other purpose is not what you wanted to do with your time. So that's how I've used these four strategies in concert with a few techniques. There's a lot more in, in the book, but that's kind of the, the 30,000 foot view. Yeah, that's great. And I, I remember reading about the forest app in the book and thinking, ah, I got to give that a go. That is, um, that sounds amazingly effective. Um, I, I want to come back to what you were saying about your calendar and your calendar reflecting your values. And in the book, you talk about time boxing. Um, and I guess like blocking out time for doing things as opposed to just running off a to-do list, I guess. And having lots of free time and then sort of self-managing on the go, I guess. I'm curious, like what, what does, like if I were looking at your, your calendar, what, what would I see? Would I see everything blocked out um, hour by hour? Like, can you give me a sense of what I, what I would see? Yeah. So this technique is uh, very well studied. It's called setting an implementation intention. Uh, thousands of studies have found this is a highly effective technique and I can't believe I didn't do this sooner. This is a life-changing practice. Uh, time boxing simply means that we are deciding what we do in advance and uh, when we do it. And so it's just as simple as plotting out in your day what your ideal day would look like. And so, and you're doing this in advance. I mean, if there's one motto from this book, I want everyone to remember, maybe tattoo it on your arm or something. <laughs> I think that's, it'll be a future tattoo, is the antidote for impulsiveness is forethought. The antidote to impulsiveness is forethought. So it doesn't matter what the tech companies throw at us, what the algorithms do, none of that stuff matters. If we plan ahead, we can, we can do something that no other animal on earth can do, which is to see the future with greater fidelity than any other species. And so we can plan ahead for these distractions. And that starts by making time on our calendar to live out our values. So I have starting at 7.15 uh, breakfast, 
until eight. And then I work out from eight to nine. And then I have my writing time from nine to 11.30. And then I make and eat lunch from 11.30 to 12.30 and so on. So I, it, it's every minute of my day is, is, is planned out. Now, do I go off track? Of course I do. But you can't even begin to ask what is a distraction unless you know what it distracted you from. So you have to have an allocation of time or you can't call anything a distraction because what did it, what did it distract you from? You had a blank calendar. <laughs> <laughs> so this technique is incredibly effective. Unfortunately, very few people do it. The, the, this technique, however, uh, one group of people use this uses this Almost 100% of the people I interviewed among this group use this technique when I was doing the research for the book, and these are C-level executives. Without fail, every C-level executive I interviewed does this. They walk around their entire day, either on their phone or on a piece of paper, with a printed schedule for where they're supposed to be, what they're supposed to do for every minute of their day. Uh, and it's, it's, an, it's, it's an absolutely essential technique. And the nice thing is, uh, it's relatively easy to do. It takes you about 30 minutes to set up the first time and about 15 minutes per week to keep it updated for the week ahead. And in fact, I'll give you a link in the show notes. I built a tool because I, I kept getting asked for this. I built a very, very simple tool anyone can use to make this weekly template so that they know what their ideal week looks like. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, I love the idea of that. It's funny. It's something I've started doing recently. I used to just, like, if, if you looked at my calendar, you would see from 8 a.m. To, to noon basically blocked out. It would just say deep work, do not book over. And I would and then I'd have my deep work to-do list and that is how I would fill it. But inevitably, I would get distracted with other things. And I, I remember I had Cal Newport on the show a few months ago and he he is definitely an advocate of time boxing. And, yeah, I, I remember I started trying it and actually just blocking out, okay, write this article here and I think that'll take about an hour and then do this there. And it, it really does change your day and change the way you do things. And then, um, you know, I find that if I, um, if I overestimate how long something is going to go for in the diary, I just feel, feel a little bit of a win when I've achieved something a little bit more quickly and then I can move something from the next day. So, I, yeah, I found that incredibly effective. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a very, very effective technique and it's, and it's so simple. It just requires a little bit of forethought. You know, we, there's this myth that if you just put something on a to-do list, it'll get done, right? Mm. That's what a lot of productivity books preach. Just put on to-do list and it'll get done. That's only half of, of the solution. The other half, you can't just put down output. What you put on to-do list is output. You also have to put down the input, right? If, if you're a baker, you know, if a baker wants to make a hundred loaves of bread, they don't just write down make 100 loaves of bread, they have to think about the inputs, the, bread, uh, the, the flour, the staff, the machinery, all those things are inputs. So as knowledge workers, we put these things on our to-do list, but if you don't actually put it on your calendar, it's not going to get done. You have to put it on your calendar. Hello, me again. I hope you found this chat useful. I know that for me, a big change I made after listening to this interview is that I put everything, well, almost everything, in my diary or my electronic calendar. So rather than having just a blanket block of deep work booked in my mornings, I essentially book a series of meetings with myself that are the deep work tasks that I plan to do in my mornings. It's helped me stay focused on what I need to do and just avoid wasting time making decisions. So maybe you might want to try that if you're not already doing that. So that is it for today. If you liked this excerpt, you might want to listen to my full chat with Nia, which I linked to in the show notes. And if you know someone that might enjoy how I work, 
why not share this episode with them or tell them about the podcast? Uh, it's one of the ways that this podcast has grown quite a lot over the time uh, that it has been in existence. So thank you if you have shared it. And if you haven't, maybe you might do that today. So that's it for today and I'll see you next time.